Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. We've got a lot to discuss, recruiting news, roster updates, and oh, a national championship, that and more on this episode of Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, good to be back with both of you. First three-man pod in a couple weeks after a couple of vacations. Aaron took one, I took one. Ryan, when are you taking one? You I don't know, man. I, I need one here coming up pretty soon, but not not sure yet. Got to figure out some things, but it's it's on the radar. I don't right. feel. Weren't you in Florida a few months ago? Like I don't. I don't feel bad. Christmas. I mean, that's yeah. Four, that's mo- a, four months ago. Four months. <laughs> well, yeah. All right. Well, coming good. from the guy that's been to Vegas and Florida since then, but that's all right. That's all right. All right. Well, good. To, good to have you both on here. Let's start with the the biggest news. The University of Michigan has won a national championship. The women's gymnastics team captured one on Saturday. It's a big deal. I mean, anytime you win a national championship uh, in any sport, that that's big news. Yeah. I mean, what was your, uh, what was your takeaway from it, Ryan? Yeah. I mean, it's, it is because, I mean, it's the programs or the school's first national championship since 2014. So it's been, uh, been a little bit since then. And, and Michigan's just the seventh school in NCAA women's gymnastics history to, to win the title. So, I mean, there's kind of been a few schools have kind of had the stranglehold on, on winning those, those titles. I mean, there's been 39 now 40, championships won and and for six schools to win the first 39 i mean there's not there's not much parity there but i mean michigan's women's gymnastics has, has had a strong program over the past couple decades but just hasn't been able to to get over the top and this year they they finally were and able to pull out a, a very narrow victory on saturday to to come home with the title you really like relied on the you know commentators to kind of keep you grounded as to what was really happening because you know Michigan would fall to second or even like third you know there's there's four teams in the in the national championship uh, not just you know a head to head they don't they don't have a the finals in, includes four teams okay so yeah you know de- depending on which like event you know, just happened that could vault, uh, you know, another school to the top, but, you know, the announcers would still let you know that Michigan was still essentially like in the lead, um, you know, cause they hadn't, they hadn't gone yet or whatever in, in, in their events. But yeah, I always find an amazing win and impressive when the top players, like they get their chance, you know, to shine on like the biggest stage and they, they deliver. You know, I mean, you, you saw that, you know, with some of the, you know, final performances, you know, sticking the landing and things like that. Uh, it's just like, okay, yeah, they they needed they needed to do it there and they did. And yeah, Michigan, Michigan take what was the 2014 championship? What what sport was that? Uh men's gymnastics. Men's gymnastics. Okay, there yes. you go. And so this is the and this is the first women's uh, national title since the softball team in in 2005 and third overall the the 2001 field field hockey team also won a, a national t- a title so doesn't happen all the time so for for them to do it especially I mean they were the fourth ranked team in the country so I can't really say they were they were favorites to to win it this year so uh, kind of a little bit of a surprise but uh, a job well done and for with gymnastics I mean how 
quickly do you think we would just break our whole bodies if we try to do some of that stuff? Like, it's just like, I mean, I, I don't find too many things athletically like that astonishing. I don't, I mean, but like some of the stuff that, that they can do, it's like, Oh my gosh, I couldn't even imagine doing that. Like, I mean, yeah. Hitting a 99 mile per hour fastball is tough, but like, I mean, I've hit a 90 mile per hour fastball before. And so it's like, all right, but like to see some of the stuff that they, they can do on, on the beams and, and the bars and all that stuff, it's like, oh my gosh, I would, <laughs> I would die, <laughs> break my neck. Yeah, happy something. to just walk across the beam, period. Um, right. Successfully. Exactly. Uh, all right. So Michigan's a gymnastics school now, uh, I guess. Uh, I've seen, I saw some, some, some kind of jokes, I guess, about that. But I think it's something we may, have we spoken about this on the podcast before? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But this, as far as okay, is it football? Is it basketball? And Michigan is one of those schools that wants to be good at everything. I, was, I mean, they, they, just going to say, I think the state of the athletic department from a, from a success standpoint, if you go down the line of all the, the, the sports, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're competitive in almost everything, if not good, if not great in a lot of things. Now, they may not win the you know, national championships, like, like you pointed out. It's been a while, uh, Ryan, but they're always right there. I mean, bat, both basketball schools and NCAA tournament, hockey got in the NCAA tournament, obviously didn't play. People joke about football, but they're still competitive and they're still a, a good program. You know, if you're if you're athletic director Warren Manual, you got to be uh, pretty happy right now with the state of affairs with with regards to their athletic teams. Yeah, and to actually, of course, yeah, be be standing at the end of number one is a you know feather in the cap. Um, so yeah, that's a big deal. So you know, congratulations to them. All right, we've got we've got plenty of other sports to discuss, as we mentioned in the intro. Football being one of them. There's there's some news kind of. I guess all related uh, to the to the recruiting front. Although one thing ju- just happened that I think is worth mentioning: Joe Milton, former Michigan quarterback, has chosen a new school. It's Tennessee. Aaron, is that correct? Yeah, he hasn't officially confirmed or announced anything. Because typically nowadays, you know, these these players like to announce on their social media accounts. He hasn't done that yet. Uh, it was reported by a, a website that covers University of Tennessee athletics, citing multiple ide- uh, unidentified sources. Um, but it certainly appears like Milton is headed to, to Knoxville. I, I checked the online directory there at Tennessee. He's already there. Um, in fact, with the number five in his email address, I can remember him uh, posting on Instagram several months ago after he announced um, that he was transferring, um, him being in Knoxville, I'm assumingly for a visit. So the, the interest is there. Um, it's important to point out that the head coach there at Tennessee now is Josh Heupel, the former head coach at Central Florida where Joe Milton is from, Orlando. So there's some links there, obviously some interest. In looking at the, the depth chart, the quarterback situation at Tennessee, it's packed. It's just like Michigan. Um, they've got a transfer coming in from Virginia Tech. They've got a junior on the roster. They've got a high-profile sophomore. And then they just brought in a five-star freshman. So he's going to have to battle competition. Um, he will be eligible to play right away because he's graduating from Michigan this spring. But it's going to be interesting to see, you know, where what what goes from here. I mean, Milton obviously was he had his opportunity. I, you know, I, I thought he regressed some, but again, everyone likes to talk about his ceiling and his potential, given his arm strength, and he's getting he's going to get another opportunity, you know, to show it, you know, at, at a big stage. It will be an interesting storyline for the the Michigan Tennessee famous Idaho Potato Bowl storyline here in in a few months. So. <laughs> He sticks with an elite elite fight song, uh, <laughs> although Rocky Top, I don't think, is officially their fight song still. Uh, we'll count it. All right. Well, good luck to Joe Milton. Um, but yeah, the the other you know more news that affects Michigan more directly, of course, is Xavier Worthy, wide receiver in this upcoming class, will not actually enroll at, at Michigan and be a part of the football team. Yeah. What well, can you tell us about that, you guys? 
Yeah, I mean, one of one of Michigan's top prospects, biggest wins in the 2021 class when they signed him on, on during the early period in December, is actually reopening his recruitment. He's asked out of his national letter of intent and will we'll play his college football elsewhere. Um, obviously, a, a huge loss for Michigan. I mean, he's we've talked a lot about Michigan having the need for, for game-breaking talent. Um, at, at the still player positions. And he seemed to fall under that category, a guy that could possibly step in right away in a receiver role and, and, and has that big playability. I mean, Michigan had to, had to fight off Alabama on, on early signing day to, to land him. He, he visited Tuscaloosa just before the early window and was kind of wavering between Michigan and Alabama heading into that decision, decided to stick with the Wolverines, but it, there was some complications and uh now he's headed elsewhere yeah we we don't really know the details yet I, i'm trying to bite my tongue on this because it's it, it seems like his recruitment has been one drama it's been like one drama affair over another like you mentioned the alabama thing you know there was there he was he didn't know he was up in the air whether he was gonna roll early he obviously didn't we still don't know what, what happened here it sounds like someone dropped the ball somewhere whether it was admissions department or michigan's coaching staff um, that they wanted him to roll early. I mean, Jim Harbaugh said it back in, you know, back in December when they signed him, you know, he, he was counted on as one of the, you know, planned on as one of the early enrollees. He never got here. We, we, we don't know what, what the reasoning was. Uh, we assume it was an academic reason, but no one's really said anything. You know, Xavier did say, I think on Twitter that it wasn't a grades thing. Uh, so we're still kind of left knowing what, what happened here. Um, but it's rare where a kid signs a letter of intent with Michigan plans on coming and just doesn't doesn't do this it's just it's a, it's a weird situation but it seems like he's he's not going to come and then he's a talented kid i mean he was a four, high four star if, if i'm if i'm yeah, number 61 now. overall prospect in the 2021 class yeah so he's someone you want just from a talent perspective i mean he probably could have you know played early on he was a little, you know i think a little undersized but i think he, he obviously had room to grow but you know michigan's i don't think receiver room is hurt that much by this i mean they're they're packed as they are you saw Giles Jackson leave because of I'm assuming playing time issues so it's not like they necessarily needed him but it's also important to remember from a recruiting perspective it's it's important for Michigan to start getting players of this caliber consistently if they want to start competing with the Ohio States and then the top of the country so it's just it was just a weird situation it's unfortunate he didn't show up um, but I guess I can't say I'm surprised that it ended this way just given the, the nature of how everything kind of started yeah, I mean, there's kind of been rumors flowing out there since he didn't enroll early. What what would happen? And uh, I mean, even Josh Jad has kind of hinted a couple of weeks ago that maybe that they were hoping that we're, they were going to get worthy in the fall. Kind of unusual verbiage there when uh, when you're talking about a guy that has committed and already signed his NLI to say that you hope to get someone, but that was the case. And and now, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll see where he ends up. Hasn't announced any, hasn't committed elsewhere yet, but there are a few schools that it seems to, he might be leaning towards. So it might not be very long before he, he finds a new home. All right. Another piece of news. I saw that Michigan football program has a new recruiting director, uh, so how about three questions that we can maybe answer for our listeners here quickly would be, okay, why, why do they have a new one? What, what happened to the old one? Who is this new person and what is a recruiting director? What do they do for the program? Yeah, it was, it was actually a pretty busy week last week. You had the Xavier Worthy news. And then a few days before that, Matt Dudak, recruiting director for Michigan since a summer of 2017, abruptly resigned. We still don't know 
what exactly happened, um, but he's headed to Mississippi State for this for a similar job. And uh, Courtney Morgan is coming in to, to fill the job. For, for those of you that maybe have followed the Michigan football program for a while, you may have recognized that name. He's a former offensive lineman for Michigan in the early 2000s. So he's someone who's played for Michigan, been in the program, kind of gone through the the, you know, the trials and tribulations of everything. Uh, he comes to Michigan from Fresno State, where he was head of player personnel there, essentially a recruiting director, head of recruiting. Um, it, it's a multitask job. I mean, it's someone who kind of has to do anything and everything. They kind of bookend the recruiting perspective. So the, the recruiting staff are the ones that kind of identify potential high school players, sift through tape, look for, for potential fits, and they kind of bring all these names to coaches and say, you know, who do you want to go after? Who are we attacking? And, and the like. So they, they do a lot of grunt work. They set up, you know, visits. They set up communication with parents. They help get kids admitted. So they're, they're a crucial role behind the scenes. Um, and I think that's reflected in the pay. I mean, Dudek was set to make last well, this coming year. He was set to make a two hundred fifty thousand dollars salary from the University of Michigan. So it's a high paying job, high pressure job, and it, he did relatively well when you look at the results. Uh, he was here for four recruiting classes. Uh, we'll toss out the first one just because he kind of came in halfway through and it was it was a mess at that point. But three of the the four recruiting classes were, were top fifteen in the country, two top ten. Uh, so they were able to bring in talent. But, you know, you can debate the results. I mean, they weren't necessarily able to translate some of that to the field. So a lot of guys have transferred out. So it was a real, you know, I don't want to say Dudek was a failure because that's that's not accurate. I thought he did a decent job. But you also have to keep in mind, too, when you're head of recruiting, you're kind of being dictated. You know, the head coach sets a philosophy, a recruiting uh, map, so to speak. Him and, and, and the assistants, you know, for instance, like Don Brown last year, you know, as defensive coordinator, excuse me, the previous few years, you know, he was big in recruiting the Northeast. So you kind of direct the recruiting staff to look at players in the Northeast. So in a way, they're a little bit handcuffed. Um, so I'm not going to put all the criticism on Dudek. Um, but either way, he's he's gone. He's, he's going to Mississippi State. Courtney Morgan comes in. It seems like he has a, a different uh, footprint from a recruiting perspective. He's recruited the West Coast quite a bit. He's familiar with the South. So I would pers- I would expect... Um, not only with the coaching staff changes, but with the recruiting staff changes, that I think the Michigan's approach to recruiting is drastically going to change in the next couple of classes. Yeah, you mentioned philosophy, and I, I think if there has been a knock on Michigan recruiting in recent years, it has been a lack of direction, or, or it's been unclear what their philosophy actually has been. I mean, it would say that recruiting in the state of Michigan was was a top priority, but failed to kind of develop strong relationships with some of those top prospects in, in recent years. And I mean, casting a wide net across the country can be beneficial, um, but did that hinder their ability to, to, to develop stronger relationships with some of their top prospects and regional prospects? I mean, Maybe. So it's kind of tough to tell. And and I think before, Michigan didn't spend as many resources on recruiting as, as other schools. I mean, Dudek was in charge, but like a lot of other schools have more personnel direct or, or um, with their job titles just focused on recruiting. And Michigan didn't really have that. So I expect to see more responsibility spread throughout the staff under Courtney Morgan. And we'll see if that can maybe improve some of their recruiting efforts moving forward. Will be interesting to watch. Like I said, we've got a we're covering covering a lot of ground on this on this episode. So yeah, let's move to some of these spring sports that are that are underway: baseball and softball. First of all, can fans can attend some of these games? Yes, I mean they're at limited capacity, but I've not seen... fans, just just close family members. Well, okay, and then I guess there must be some sort of exception for Michigan athletics 
employees. I guess I've seen I've seen photos of Michigan basketball, for example, staff members at these games. Like Jawan right. Howard has, has been at some of the games. So maybe there's um, yeah, if you're within the athletic department, you know, and maybe you know you're part of their testing regimen or whatever, you can you can attend, I guess. But okay. I cannot yeah, go, I'm, I'm I cannot go with my family to these games, <laughs> you're telling me. Correct. Yes. There's no public ticket sales for any spring sports. Gotcha. All right. Well, how are they doing? Very well. Very, very, very well. Especially the the softball team now that they're on a, a won 15 of their last 16 games and have kind of built a little bit of a, a cushion in first place uh, of the Big Ten. And, and honestly, their, their pitching this year has just been outstanding. They've only allowed 12 runs in, in those 16 games during during that win streak or yeah, during that run. And Alex Taraco is on pace to have this is having an incredible season has lowered her ERA to 0.41 um, to kind of put that in perspective. If she's able to maintain that all year, that would be the lowest mark in, in program history um, for, for a program that has had uh, has been known for some dominant pitching. Um, what she's been able to do this year has been quite impressive. Megan Bobian, a, a senior has provided a nice one, two punch, along with Storaco and their offense is scoring just enough for them to kind of roll through the big 10 play. Remember both baseball and softball are playing big 10 only schedules this year. So it's kind of tough to gauge how well they're doing against some of the top programs from, from the South and in the West coast, but so far they've been taking care of business. Michigan baseball is in second place in the big 10. Uh, they've won, I think five in a row with a, with a sweep over Minnesota this weekend. So yeah, a lot to like from, from both teams, both teams are ranked on, in the top 25 and we'll see if they can keep it going moving forward. There's still the seasons are scheduled to end at, at, at the end of May. So still a little bit of season left, but we'll see. New York Mets have been postponed all over the place, but they are <laughs> seven and four first place in the national league East Michigan men's basketball. Since I guess you guys spoke last week, but I don't know, just to kind of finalize or, or yeah, give the, the latest update on things, you know, you've got the, you got the five scholarship seniors, any who could come back under the, you know, NCAA's revised rule, only one will Eli Brooks will come back. None of the others will that is, that is official from, from Michigan. There's a few walk-on seniors as, as, as well, who, you know, were honored at, at senior night um, last season. And it doesn't appear like maybe Jaron Falls. He, he's one that uh, I guess is still still considering weighing his options. But the others, it sounds like, are more, uh, you know, leaning towards, you know, ending ending their Michigan careers. But yeah, I mean, the, the Eli Brooks news is is huge. I'll be you know writing about this this more and hoping to talk to you know Eli at some point to hear a little bit more about you know why he decided to make this decision. But yeah, when you know Jawan Howard can now you know, right, right in, in, in permanent ink, Eli Brooks is a starter, you know, for this team next year, you know, at one of the guard spots, that's huge. Cause otherwise, you know, you're replacing both your, both your starting guards, uh, not to mention, you know, you're prob- probably both your starting forwards as well um, for next year. That that's just really big for, you know, a program that's going from very experienced to, you know, potentially pretty, pretty inexperienced, um, you know, over the course of one season to the next, you know, none of the, none of the other guards on this team next year will have played significant minutes and at the college level, you know, Zeb Jackson played very sparingly. And then you've got, yeah, you got six freshmen coming in. Two of them are kind of true guards. Two of them have a, have guard in their, in their name uh, or in their position as, as Michigan, 
you know, defines them, you know, so they'll, they'll need to play and they'll, they're capable of it. And these are, you know, top 100 players, you know, in some cases, top, top 15 players, but yeah, that's very big to have anytime you can have a guy who's, you know, been a part of a team that's won, you know, programs, won 105 games over the last four years. And, you know, he's been, he's been right in the middle of all of that, you know, full-time started the last two years. So that's, that's huge. It's a huge get for Michigan. Yeah. And I, I think he showed just how valuable he was during the season and just from his, you know, defend his, defensive ability his leadership and just when the games he was out or injured or not not in the game so it's i think it's absolutely a huge get to get bring him back considering like you said how how young they're they're going to be next year yeah we you know we talked about this i was somewhat su- uh, surprised i guess you just don't know what you know if people are going to be like ready ready to move on or 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 whatever so i guess it's not surprising to me that he's the only one um you know to to make that decision but yeah very very critical uh for for michigan that that they get him back you know, still waiting, I guess, on word that, that leaves two players that are kind of up in the air. Uh, and that would be Hunter Dickinson and Franz Wagner. They're, they're really the only two that are potential NBA guys. You know, I guess anyone's a candidate to transfer, but, you know, the thought here remains that Hunter Dickinson will be back and Franz Wagner will not be. Uh, Wagner not coming back would open up a scholarship. Right now they're they're full. Um, you know, Eli doesn't count, so he they can be one over, if you will, with him. But yeah, if Franz doesn't come back, that opens up a spot. Um, and I would absolutely not be surprised to see Michigan, you know, go to the transfer portal to to replace him, you know, because they could, yeah, you, to add a, a, another veteran piece. You saw what it did for their team last year. They had two of them um, and it was it was key. And I think that's this is just the this is the, the present, the future of college basketball now is um, not just recruiting. Um, you know, kids out of high school, but bringing in, you know, a veteran player from another program as well. So I would, I would expect Michigan to, to go that route there, you know, there, there are plenty of possibilities still out there. So um, that'll be interesting to, to watch as we go forward. All right. Well, what do we have? We had, we have gymnastics, baseball, softball, football, basketball, five, five sports we hit on in this podcast episode. I don't know if that's, that's a record, but a good number i don't know if you're gonna find it find it elsewhere in the podcast world so uh no you thank- will not <laughs> so we uh we thank you for listening to this episode of wolverine confidential 